Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. It is good to see everybody here with us today. We are excited to have Cedric Starr uh, preaching with us this morning. Uh, We appreciate what Cedric has done with his internship through the CBF, and we are excited to have this opportunity to hear him speak this morning. We are glad that you are here with us today. We are glad as we come here this morning to worship our Lord. My prayer for each of us is that we would be willing to block out the distractions and so much that goes on in our lives and take a few minutes to prepare our hearts to worship our Lord this morning. I'll bring to your attention in the order of service that um, we're asking you to sing with the choir on the call to worship. This is the song we began to learn last Sunday. Um, The choir will sing the chorus and then a stanza, and then when we come back to the chorus the second time, I'll turn to you and you can sing right along with us. So uh, there are four stanzas, so you'll get four chances to sing. So I know by the last one you'll have it memorized. So I'll turn around and indicate to you when it's time to sing. Thanks.
Thank you. Good morning. My name is Riley Green, and I am reading Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, everyone on earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come to him with songs of joy. Know that the Lord is God. He made us, and we belong to him. We are his people. We are the sheep belonging to his flock. Give thanks as you enter the gates of his temple. Give praise as you enter its courtyards. Give thanks to him and praise his name. The Lord is good. His faithful love continues forever. It will last for all time to come. I'll remind you of our in-gathering hymn. If you uh, want to uh, bring your offering forward for global missions or for home missions, be sure to bring it forward, and the RAs and GAs will be down front to collect it in their baskets. Hymn number 338, How Firm a Foundation. If you are able, please stand and join me in singing. forward for lesson on the steps. Today, Cedric is going to talk about the church. So I thought, well, you know, we've been renewal, we've been visiting, we've been spreading our love. But I brought a friend of mine, and some of you have been playing with him very readily in the last couple of days. So I think you know Mr. Potato Head. But Mr. Potato Head needs some instruction and a little bit of help. So, if Mr. Potato Head 
had ears, and he came to church, what would he hear? He'd hear the preaching, and he'd hear you reading scripture today. What else would he hear? Singing, praying. All right. Organ and piano, beautiful music. All right, then we're going to give Mr. Potato Man some hands. What his would he? Hands his hands are backwards. Thank you, Stu. See, I'm not real good at this. I need for you to be putting him together and not me. All right, what's, what are we going to do with our hands? Do what? Feel things. Pick stuff up. Pick the hymnal up. What does Mr. Ed do with the door? But what does he do when the people come through it? Does he shake their hands? And what do the little children do sometimes like this? They pray. So Mr. Potato Head would see us doing all these things. Then, whoops, sorry about that. He needs eyes. What's he going to see us doing? What's he going to see us doing? Singing, praying, preaching. He's going to see all these families coming to church. He's going to see everything we just mentioned. He's going to see everything we just talked about, it in the Aiden. But he's going to see that we're a family, that we're here to do something very special. So then we're going to add a mouth. And what do we do with our mouth? Talk. You just read the scripture. We just sang. Preacher Key's going to have a prayer. Cedric's going to pray. His what? His ears coming out. Oh, he can't hear very well then, can he? All right. Are we done? What are we missing, Lila? A nose. Well, his mouth and then, but what would you say the nose was to his face? Right in the middle? The nose would be in the center. Now, if I get this upside down, you straighten me out. All right. Put the nose on Mr. Potato Head. The nose is in the center of his face. What is in the center of the church? The cross. And what does the cross represent? Jesus. So in the center of our church, in the center of all our lives, in the center of what we not only do on Sunday, but every day should be our nose. But most importantly, it should be our heart. And what's in our heart is Jesus. So we need to take our hands. We need to welcome people to come to church. We need to share the love that we have for each other and the love that we have for Jesus. Can we do that? I know we can because we do it every day, don't we? So I want to ask you to continue to do that and to do it more than you ever thought you could and invite a friend to come and share and see what Mr. Potato Head sees every Sunday at Boiling Springs Baptist. Can we pray? Jesus, Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for these special children. Thank you for what they not only mean to this church, what they mean to me, what they mean to their families and the community. 
Their hearts are full. Their lives are just beginning as they walk that faith that you're putting in their heart and in their lives. Keep them safe. Watch over them. And protect them. It's through your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Our hymn is number 385, In Christ There Is No East or West, 385. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. wonderful week we've had with Pastor John Broom from South Africa bringing our renewal messages each night. We prayed that God would work among us, and uh, I know he has certainly challenged me. He's, um, he's in the change business, isn't he? He wants to challenge us and transform us. And I have certainly been challenged this week, and I pray that you have too. We learned that the key to spiritual health is living out the Lord's Prayer. It was said that it's not just a prayer, but it's a way of life. So I asked God, how would you use me? And how would he use you? Let us pray. Father, thank you for the privilege and honor of coming into your holy presence this morning as your children, children of the one true God, the creator of the universe, the lion and the lamb, our savior. We're but filthy rags before you, Lord, but because of the shed blood of Jesus, he has made us worthy to be called your children. We've been given much everything we have and everything we are. 
has come from you. May we now return to you our tithe, all of it, and especially give of ourselves, surrendering ourselves totally to you, Lord. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you would be seated for just a minute, and we'll take up the offering in just a minute. I want to present to you um, Sherry Beeson Starnes. Well, uh, here I am again <laughs> this year. This is still a very difficult but rewarding time for me. Um, I think that you are really going to be you're in for a treat when you hear this year's recipient of the Bob Beeson Musical Scholarship Award. Um, I want to say just a few things about my father. Uh, if, I said, if I said too much, you'd all be looking at your watches because we'd be here all day. But I just want to just concentrate on a few things. One is my father loved wisdom. He, like Solomon, valued it very much. And I miss that, I think, the most about my father, seeking his advice on things, on decisions that I need to make. And other people also have said that to me as well, that they miss that about him. Uh, he really loved the simple but profound wisdom of Andy Griffith. And to this day, my daughter still can't listen to that music without thinking of him. He also loved people. We constantly had an influx of people at our home. I had to be sure that I was dressed when I came out of my bedroom because there was no telling who would be in the living room. Um, but he loved people and he loved feeding people and he loved going on fishing trips with his buddies and eventually accumulating enough fish in the freezer that he could have a big fish fry for the neighborhood or for people at the lake and invite everybody over. He would have his annual Christmas breakfast each year for those people who may not have a family or may have a very small family uh, to celebrate with and he treated them like royalty with a, a menu fit for a king. Um, he also commandeered the annual sunrise service breakfast here and to, uh, to my understanding his pancake recipe is still used at, at this time. Um, he loved music. His classically trained voice he loved using and uh, of course he was in musical theater at Gardner Webb. He performed in many weddings, was asked to, to sing at many weddings. He loved singing in the shower, in the car, in the house. He loved singing on the back porch of the lake. He loved singing when we were at the beach to passing cars as they went by. Um, he loved to sing and he very meticulously and steadfastly uh, was proud to be a member of Bowling Springs Baptist Church for over 50 years. If he didn't come to practice, to choir practice, then you knew that his chemotherapy or radiation had been especially bad that week. When we heard Christopher Stroud, this year's recipient, we were all just amazed. We said to each other, boy, Bob, Daddy would have loved this. He would have eaten this up. Um, I know he was smiling from heaven. I know he enjoyed it. Christopher Stroud has sung in church choirs, in quartets, has led uh, congregational worship, and eventually wants to become a congregational worship leader. That is his goal. And I am very, very honored and proud to present this year's recipient award 
to, of the Bob Beeson Musical Sacred Music Scholarship to Christopher Stroud. Jeremiah comes to read the scripture. Uh, my name is Keith McKinney. I'm the pastor here and I'm not preaching this morning, but um, uh, maybe, maybe some just forgot that I was here today. I'm, I'm just pick, I'm picking on candy. 
but uh, she, she was eager to lead the hymn and we were eager to sing it and uh, we just went right on. But uh, I do want to say just a few things before Jeremiah comes to read scripture. Uh, first of all, Chris, thank you for that beautiful song. Thank you so much. Uh, very much a talent there. And as I was talking to him, a call to, to lead uh, congregational worship uh, is certainly there in his life. And so we are glad that we can be a part of this journey with you in a very small way. So thank you for being here and sharing with us this morning. Um, let me just mention something very quickly. Wednesday night, uh, as Cedric mentioned, or as Alan mentioned earlier, there will be organ, uh, someone here from uh, the National Organ Donation uh, uh, Center to talk about organ donation. And this is something that uh, the Parish Nurse Committee and I talked about uh, several months ago. It was ne- something that was near and dear to my heart. When my mother passed away almost 10 years ago now, it seems, um, can't believe it's been that long, but uh, This was something that because of the nature of her injury, we decided there at at that moment that uh, if there was anything that could be used from her, and this is something that we don't talk about a lot, but I think it's, it's, it needs to be discussed. But uh, if there was anything that could be used from my mom after she passed, that we were all in favor of that. And uh, we signed the papers and made sure that, that they could do that. And uh, I see it as well as, as, as a Christian, we talk often about stewardship. And I think it's a way for us to use our bodies, our physical bodies, as a good steward of the Lord. And if there is something in me after I am gone from this earth that can be used to help someone else, I am all for that. And so someone will be here this Wednesday at six o'clock to talk about that. I would encourage you to be here and support that and learn more about that for yourself. Many of you, if you pulled out your license this morning, have a heart on your license where you said that you'd be willing to be an organ donor. And uh, some of you may, when you get renewed, when you have your license renewed, be willing to maybe put that heart on your license, but encourage you to be here and be a part of that on Wednesday night. Also, Thursday is National Day of Prayer. The town hall will be open at noon, and uh, there will be a time that those will gather there at noon to, um, to pray for our country and for our, um, for our world today. Let me just say a special word of welcome before Jeremiah comes to read in scripture this morning. Uh, Certainly, um, again, uh, we welcome Chris uh, Stroud and the Beeson family. We're glad that that you're here today. Uh, But we also have Cedric, who many of you have come to know and love over these last several years. And as many of you have watched Cedric mature, but Cedric has his mom, his grandmother, and sister here this morning. And we are delighted that you are here. And so I know that Cedric is as well. So welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist this morning. Cedric and I have been on a journey together this semester. We have uh, talked about this internship now, probably last summer we started talking about it. And um, we looked more closely at it this last fall. And I'm Cedric, I'm glad it was able to work out this spring. There have been things that have transpired this spring that would not have transpired last fall or summer. And so I'm glad that that you have been with us. I've enjoyed working with you. And uh, I've seen just in a few months growth in you. Uh, in the way that you relate with others, the way you speak, and and all of that. And uh, you have certainly served us well in this internship role. And uh, there'll be an opportunity for you to express your thanks to Cedric at some point here over the next couple weeks. He will be with us in this internship role through May the 14th. And then we want to be in prayer for Cedric. Many of you know, but he will be headed to California this summer for another internship. This is a God thing, the way everything worked out and transpired with this. And Cedric, I'll let him share more of the details with you, but we're excited for you, Cedric, and this possibility. But also you need to be in prayer for Cedric for another reason. Cedric got his permit this week. And so um, you need to be in prayer for Cedric and everybody else on the road. Um, So 
we're grateful to have you come. And I'm just going to say a brief word of prayer. And um, again, we're delighted that each of you are here today. And we look forward to Cedric and hearing from you and what the Lord has uh, laid on your heart today. I'm going to offer a prayer. And then Jeremiah, you come and, and share scripture with us. Let's pray together. God, we are grateful for the ways that you have worked in our church over this last month. We have had some exciting services. And Father, we know that we're going to have uh, one more of those uh, uh, today as well. Father, we thank you for uh, so many things. We thank you for the John Broom services and the renewal services. And Lord, the way you've worked and moved among your people and in your, in your, in your church at large. We're grateful for Cedric and the way you've worked and moved in his heart and his life. And we continue to pray that he would grow in his relationship with you and his, and his skill sets as a minister. Father, we know that you have gifted him in many ways, and we thank you for him, his life, his family that's here today. We thank you for the way that you work and move in each of us, Lord. Maybe we're not called to preach or we're not called to sing uh, beautifully like we've heard earlier, but Father, you do call and gift each of us to be about the things that you have called us to. And so, Father, help us to be in right standing, right relationship with you, with sin confessed and hearts that are acknowledging you and, and looking to you for wisdom and for discernment and direction in life. Father, we confess, or Lord, we know that there are many who are sick and, and going through uh, serious life issues this morning. And Father, we pray for each of them, whether it be a physical illness. Lord, if it is, we pray for healing. Father, if it's, uh, Lord, a life situation that they're in need of your presence in mighty, mighty ways, Father, we pray for that today. We pray that they would sense your spirit and, Father, that they would receive some direction and wisdom and guidance for the journey ahead. Lord, we're grateful for our community, for Gardner-Webb, and for the many of the students that are here this morning. We're grateful for what that school has meant in the life of Cedric. Lord, we ask for your blessings on Cedric as he comes to share with us this morning. Hiding behind the cross, may the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning. I am honored this morning to be reading from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. You can find it at page 1018 in your pew Bible. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near in the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law of commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby bringing the hostility to an end. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Jeremiah, for that reading of the scripture. It is good to be in the house of the Lord, amen? 
It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 I want to thank you all for everything you have done for me as your intern, and I am blessed to have called you my community of faith, my family. I want to thank my beautiful girlfriend, Mariah, for coming to support me and my beloved family and friends for gracing us with your presence. I also want to thank and welcome all of our guests who are here today. Blessings upon you all. Please join me as we pray to our Father in heaven. Holy Father, open up, open up our hearts to prepare and to hear the preaching of your word. May it be your will and not mine. May it be your spirit that leads and guides, not my spirit. May the image of Christ continue to grow within us. And may blessings be upon, upon this sermon and may blessings be upon this church. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen. I will do my best to get you all out of here at 3 o'clock at the max. <laughs> As you may or may have not known, I have been the ministry intern of this church since this past fall semester. And during this time, I have been working on a reconciliation ministry with the help and support of the staff of Boyle Springs Baptist Church and the help and support of the staff of Green Bethel Baptist Church. The main goal of the reconciliation ministry was to create relationships and create trust between the two congregations, which is a ministry that's continue to keep going even when I'm gone. May the 21st, we've been talking about a possible love feast for the two congregations to make a time of worship, a time of relationship building, and a time to have fun and to build community between the two congregations. And that is what is important, is building community, building relationships, building trust, and growing love between each other. Growing love, not just between those we feel comfortable with, but those we don't really know. To accept each other as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Because my brothers and sisters, this nation is in need of reconciliation. I was on Facebook a couple of days ago, and I saw a post from a fellow CBF intern and friend of a situation that took place that you may or may not know. The post that was placed upon Facebook was shocking and heartbreaking. Today, a former student walked in onto my undergrad campus armed with a machete, asking people about their political affiliation and attacked a student. I am praying for my Transylvanian community. I am praying for the hateful division in our country. I am praying for a world that continues to lean towards seeing others as opponents instead as fellow humans, children of God. In addition to praying, I hope to take actions every day to heal the hurt that leads up to and results from something like this. But today, I cry with and for those impacted. And I am angry and sad. My brothers and sisters, we live in a nation divided and in need of reconciliation. 
We live in a nation full of racial, political, sexual, religious, economic, and social discrimination. We live in a nation filled with hatred and violence amongst our own people. In a time past the horrors of Birmingham, a white man walks into a church in Charleston, South Carolina, and kills several, several African-American Christians. In a time past the horrors of the Rodney King beating, for the past couple of years, we have been plagued with reports of unlawful cop violence nationwide. In a time after the Berlin Wall, we are building bigger walls of division. In a nation that prides itself of welcoming the immigrant, we say no to the refugee. In a time after the trial of tears, we are still forcing people off their land for the sake of profit. Brothers and sisters, our nation is in dire need of reconciliation. However, where does that reconciliation come from? I remember one day, Walter Brueggemann spoke at Gardenwood University, and he was talking about how the church has a prophetic calling to fight the injustices of the world, to fight against the influence of what he called the empire, the oppressive force that overtakes and manipulates and takes advantage of the poor and the oppressed and the destitute. However, upon him speaking, I asked a question. How is it that the church is supposed to make an impact on the world when the church itself is so divided and broken? The church must deal with itself if it ever thinks of having any impact on the world. The church must come together if it ever wants to fully fight the injustices of the world. It was Pastor Broom who said, we are it. There is no plan B. Reconciliation is a reestablishment of broken relationships. Broken relationships within our church has been broken for years, for decades, for generations. Because of hatred, because of pride, because of guilt, because of greed, because of lust. We have lost our identity in Christ. When it comes to reconciliation, the church is not in Gilgal. The church is not in Jericho. The church is not in Bethel. My brothers and sisters, we are in Babylon. We are in exile. We refuse to talk about reconciliation because it brings up hatred and fear. We refuse to talk about reconciliation because we don't want to feel guilt of the horrors of, our, of the choices of our previous generation. But reconciliation ain't about that. It's about coming together through love, hope, and faith. That is what reconciliation is. Reconciliation within a church is reestablishing relationships of brotherhood and sisterhood, of coming together in love to build trust, to see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ to see beyond the color of our skin, to see beyond our cultural differences, to see beyond where we come from, whether it be state or nation, 
That is what reconciliation is. Tony Evans, African-American preacher in Texas, once said that we need to stop seeing each other as black Christians and white Christians, as Hispanic Christians, as Asian Christians. We need to see each other as Christians who are black, Christians who are white, Christians who are Asian, Christians who are Hispanic. We need to find our identity in Christ and not our identity in anything else. It is Christ who makes us who we are, not our culture, not our affiliation with our race, not our affiliation with our gender, not affiliation with our nation, not affiliation with our state. It is Christ and Christ alone. And Ephesians 2 verses 11 through 22 speaks about that. Paul tells of a time when the church was divided, of a time when Jews and Gentiles looked at each other with scorn, with distrust and hatred. The first verses even talks about this troubling time. So then remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision, by those who are called circumcision. Brothers and sisters, the term uncircumcision during this time of the first century was a racial slur of discrimination and hatred. To be uncircumcised through the eyes of a first century Jew was not a good thing. This is during the time after the Babylonian exile, during the time after the Greek occupation, during the time of the Roman occupation, where the Jews saw every single person outside of their own people as uncircumcised, as barbaric, those who they couldn't trust, those who oppressed them and hated them, those who were outside the blessings of God. Verse 12, remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. The mindset of the circumcised is a mindset of superiority, a mindset of elitism, a mindset of looking down others. Paul is not talking about the Jews in general. He's talking about a mindset, the mindset of the circumcised. And the question I want to ask you today is, do you see yourself as the circumcised or the uncircumcised? It's a very hard and tough question to ask yourself. It's a question that many of us don't really come to claim to think about. However, the truth is, we are more willing to see ourselves as the circumcised than as the uncircumcised. This will cause division within the church. We are more able to see ourselves as better than the other, than the other way around. Paul once spoke when it came to what it meant to be a reconciler. In 1 Corinthians 9, verses 21 through 23, he said, to those outside the law, I became as one outside the law. 
though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might buy all some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. In Philippians 3, Paul talks about getting rid of the past. Getting rid of the past. That is something that I think that a lot of us have a problem doing. Speaking as African-American, it is hard for me to overlook the horrors of slavery, to overlook the horrors of the civil rights movement. And it breaks my heart that my brothers and sisters of the African-American community use the past as a justification of separating themselves from their white brothers and sisters, of seeing their white brothers and sisters as nothing but racists, a bunch of bigots who don't care about anybody but themselves, who those who proclaim that racism is wrong become racist themselves. And it breaks my heart that we let our past control how we are in the present. Martin Luther King Jr. spoke of a dream where blacks and whites would be together, seeing each other as brothers and sisters, equal. Not one looking down the other, not one discriminating the other, but as equals in love, in faith, and in hope. We need to remember that we are the uncircumcised. We are the ones who were set apart from Christ. We are the ones who have been alienated without God in the world. All of us, all of us have been, and we must remember that truth. Reconciliation is a need in the church. We need to begin to look at each other and see Christ. We need to begin to look at each other and say, I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister, because I see Christ. We need to begin to break down these walls of division that keeps us from coming together and fighting the injustices outside the walls of this church. I am so proud of being part of a community of faith that is willing to walk down that road with me. And it filled my heart with joy whenever I see my brothers and sisters welcoming my other brothers and sisters from Green Bethel. When members of that church came to hear Pastor Broom, it made me so happy that every time after the session, they were welcomed and loved. Old relationships were being built again. Old conversations were starting anew. And that is the community that Christ wants to build upon this earth. We are called to be the light and salt of the world. My brothers and sisters, the younger generations don't know where to look to anymore. We are passionate but we have nowhere to put that passion in. We see the world falling 
apart around us and we don't know what to do. We can't look to our governments because our governments is corrupt and fallen. We can't look to the schools because the schools are fallen and corrupt and broken as well. Besides the church, the school is the second most integrate, desegregated institution in this country. And the church, sadly, is the first. Sunday is the most segregated institution in this country. When we go to church, we see those of the same color. It was one time a fellow Div student of mine said, Sunday is the most segregated day in our nation for many reasons. And it's not just because we go to different churches of different culture backgrounds. It's because we don't talk to each other. We don't communicate with each other. We don't try to open up relationships with each other. We create communities and close ourselves off. Nehemiah, when the Jews came back from Babylon, proclaimed to the Jewish men, divorce your Babylonian wives and send them home. Build the walls for we will no longer be corrupted by outside forces. It's a mindset that we cannot have, my brothers and sisters. We can't close ourselves off from the outside world. We are called to be, to live in the world, not to be part of it, but not to disconnect ourselves from it either. We need to remember that we are uncircumcised because it is only through the blood of Christ. It's only because of Christ within us that we have been brought near. That is Christ that reconciled us with God and it's Christ that unites us all in the community of faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, verses 14 through 18, talks about the reconciliation through the peace of Christ. Christ is the peacemaker. He's the one that unites us all as Christians. Christ is our peace. Not our government, not our military, not our social status, not our ethnic identity, not even our church building. Christ is our peace. This is because through his flesh that both groups have been made into one. However, it is not just no longer two groups. We are one. For he is our peace in his flesh. He has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. I want to pause there for a second and kind of really dig into that part of Scripture to ask the question, 
What is the dividing wall that separates us from each other today, now, in this place? What walls that we have in our lives that keep us from reaching out to our other brothers and sisters who are of a different culture background, who come from a different way of living? And it's not even back, it's not even a wall dealing with racial discrimination. Another issue within the church is the issue of gender equality. Of separating men from women. Another wall is the wall of political affiliation. Though it's hard for us to talk about it, though it's hard for us to even bring that type of terminology within the church, it's a reality. Republicans, Democrats, these political divisions divide the church. It's an awful, messy reality, but it's reality. A sad reality within our church. Christ has broken down all things that divides us. All things. And we need to remember that. We need to know and understand and preach that we as Christians acknowledge and hold true that Christ has broken down all walls that divide us as human beings. Ephesians 2, verses 19 to 22 talks about the household of God. Christ being the cornerstone, being the foundation, is something that we should pause and talk about just for a second. In the Greek, the term used for cornerstone is also used for keystone. And I think Paul used this term intentionally. Christ is not just the foundation. He's not just the cornerstone, he's the keystone. He keeps it all together. Christ is the head, and Christ demands that his household be united in love, in faith, and in hope. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and all your soul and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Treat others as you want to be treated. Do you want to be discriminated? Do you want to be hated? Do you want to be oppressed? No. The key thing about that great commandment is that us humans, we are the most selfish beings on this earth. And if we can love others as we love ourselves, the world will be a different place, my brothers and sisters. It is only in our identity in Christ that we are really a household of God. Being built through Christ, one family with one Lord and Savior. 
The journey has just begun for us. The journey of reconciliation is a hard journey. Filled with trials and tribulations, but it's a journey that we are called to make. We must stand united. We must show the world that it's possible to see each other and treat each other with love. It is possible to overlook our differences and see commonality within each other. We are called to be the light and salt of the world. We need to leave Babylon and return to the promised land. We need to not get stuck in Gilgal or Jericho or Bethel. We need to cross the Jordan. Not even the Jordan, we need to cross the Red Sea, my brothers and sisters. We need to make it through the wilderness. We can only do that together as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to see Christ. We're not white Christians. We're not black Christians. We're not Asian Christians. We are Christians. We are a new creation. We have a new identity in Christ. And we need to make that our main goal. And we need to find strength. We need to find hope. We need to build our faith on that, that Christ is in us. And is it Christ that makes us who we are? As I close, again, I want you to ask yourself, Am I the uncircumcised or am I the circumcised? Paul proclaimed that he had the advantage, that he was the circumcised, that he was of the chosen people, he had the covenants and the law. But when he found Christ, all of that was not. Because it was Christ that made him who he was. And I pray that as we continue on this journey of reconciliation with each other and with our brothers and sisters outside of this, these walls, that we too let go of our past identities and hold on to our identity in Christ. Join me as we pray to our Father in heaven. Holy Father, as we close, let Christ in us be our identity. As we close and leave this place, let it be your spirit that guides us. I pray blessings upon this community of faith. I pray blessings upon the community of faith of Green Bethel. I pray blessings upon all the community of faith in our country. Give us the strength to walk down the path of reconciliation. Give us the guidance and the wisdom to walk down the path of reconciliation. Give us the humility to walk down the path of reconciliation. I give you praise, Lord God, for all you have done for us, all that you're doing for us, all that you will do. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the keystone and the cornerstone 
of our community of faith. Amen. Thank you. Our closing hymn is found in your order of service or on the screens. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Please stand and join with me in singing. Thank <laughs> you.